Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Can you believe we are almost at the holiday season? Thanksgiving, Christmas is around the corner and we love the holidays. It's family, it's fun, it's festivities, but unfortunately can also be a time of pain for people, relational pain, conflict, physical pain, just navigating maybe unmet expectations. So I am just thrilled to sit down with my friend today, Dr. Michelle Bankson, and we're going to talk about her brand new book, The Hem of his garment, reaching out to God when pain overwhelms. So we may not associate this season always with pain, but I want to give us hope and encouragement. And that's what she's here to do. She is a hope concierge, whether as a board certified clinical neuropsychologist, host of the award-winning podcast, Your Hope-Filled Perspective, which I've had such a joy to be on her podcast. And she's the author of several award-winning books, including her newest one that we're going to talk about today. Her passion is to share hope and encouragement with others. Dr. Michelle, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm so honored to have you here. Oh, friend, it's such a delight to be with you. I feel like we've come full circle because you were on my podcast and shared such hope about, is it okay to question God? So let's let's give your listeners some hope today about pain points in their life. Absolutely. And I've got a, a copy of your brand new book right here next to me if you're watching The Hem of His Garment. And uh, we're going to lean into talking about not only the book itself, but just the principles that are in this book that are so life-giving. Dr. Michelle, we can't always control pain. Pain is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's, as you said earlier, when we're chatting, it's universal. Um, And you've had a very unique experience with chronic pain. Before we talk about some of the hope that's, that you offer here, can you share a little bit of your story with our listeners? No, Angela, no conversation about pain is really limited to physical pain. Although when we hear the term chronic pain, that's what we think of. But my experience with pain between my husband and I spans both physical into the emotional, relational, definitely financial and even spiritual as well as secondary pain. But the biggest pain point most recently for me is in chronic pain. I experienced a bad car accident years ago and I've got a neck injury. And so every time I turn my head any direction, up, down, left or right, do normal things like push a vacuum cleaner or drive a car, or put on my makeup, that pain flares. Mm. And pain can bring you to some really low points, yeah. whether we're dealing with physical pain, which everybody can relate to, whether it's a hangnail or a broken knee or broken ankle. But we have to include the discussion of emotional pain or relational pain when Things go awry with a friend or a loved one or financial pain. And what happens is when we experience one of those pains and then another happens simultaneously, then we experience what we call compounded pain. Mm -hmm. And that just makes everything worse. And the thing about pain is that it colors our perspective. Mm -hmm. It robs us of the best parts of us. And sometimes it can bring us to the point of questioning our faith to the Mm. point of how do we hold on to our faith in the midst of our pain and suffering when we know we have a God who can heal, 
So why hasn't he healed us? Yeah. Yeah. That's the big question, isn't it? We end up inadvertently questioning the character of God. We know he's good. We know he's sovereign. We know he's faithful, but fill in the blank. This has happened in my life. And so I appreciate that you're not only speaking from your knowledge, your expertise, but also from your own personal experiences. You mentioned there a moment ago, secondary pain. So share about that a little bit. That might be familiar for some. It might not be. They probably understand what you mean, but maybe don't know the term. So talk about that and why that even adds more complication to an already difficult situation. Yeah, secondary pain is that pain that's inflicted by the words or actions of others Mm. or the lack thereof. So it can even come from the silence, but it's, it's the words from others that make a pain sufferer feel guilt, shame, Mm. regret, makes them question their identity. Mm. And Angela, I really believe that in general, I think people mean well, but sometimes when people say things like, well, others have it worse than you, Mm. or nothing is impossible with God. Or comments like that, that while they may be true, what they communicate is a lack of empathy or a lack of compassion for the person who's in pain. And it makes their pain even worse. Mm. In essence, it's shaming someone. It could be comments like, well, you must not have enough faith or you haven't prayed enough or you must have unconfessed sin in your life. And while those might be true, that shames the pain sufferer. And where I really started to understand the effects of secondary pain is in looking at the story of Job. Yes. And when I spent about two years together and Job experienced all the types of pain that we're talking about. Mm. His friends were wonderful for seven days. They mm-hmm. came and did the most important thing and sat with Job. They were present in his pain and suffering, which includes grief and loss. Where they got in trouble, Angela, was when they started inflicting secondary pain on Job mm. by telling him what he must have done right. to cause his pain and suffering and what he should be doing going forward. I think they forgot what we have the benefit of knowing now that we can look back on Job's story, and that is in verse one of chapter one of Job, it says Job was blameless and upright. Mm. He didn't cause his suffering mm. and God didn't cause his suffering. Yeah, God sometimes allows suffering into our life and he can work it for good. So when friends even give us Bible verse band-aids, I know their intent is good, but it generally doesn't make the pain sufferer feel any less painful. Mm. That's so insightful. So let's flip, flip the table on that for a moment. So what is a better way to talk to someone? Cause I've lived with chronic pain at times from a car accident, similar to what you've experienced and just some very major health complications that I've shared both in my writing and here on the podcast. So unless you've walked through chronic pain and then you've walked through secondary pain you may not understand, well, what could I do better? What could I do differently? How could I be more um, compassionate or empathetic? So some of the things we just identified, what would be a better approach to talking with someone, ministering to someone who's going through a season of any kind of pain? 
first of all, be present. Hmm. Sometimes we are not our best when we're in pain. And I can speak from personal experience. You know, I can tend to get a little testy when I'm really hurting and I don't mean to be that way. So be present, even even when it's hard, because sometimes our attitudes are not the best. And instead of offering Bible verse band-aids, and I'm I believe God's word, and I think it is helpful. But you have to offer it with the right heart, the right heart of encouragement. Instead of saying, well, nothing's impossible with God. How about saying, I'm going to pray that you see the impossible come true because God loves you in your pain. Yeah. How that's different. Yes. Yes. It comes with a heart of compassion instead of just trying to say this Bible verse is going to take away your pain. I would do little things. I recently texted a friend who I know she's in chronic pain. And I just said, how's your pain level today? Mm. Pray specifically for you. And she wrote back and the very first thing she said, wasn't my pains at a nine or I can't get out of bed. She said, wow, you remembered. Mm. I feel like I've finally been seen in my pain. Mm. Well, when we see each other in Mm. our pain, then we're more likely to trust you with the more hurtful parts of our heart. So ask how they're doing. Ask what you can do. But even asking what you can do is difficult on the pain suffer because when we're hurting, we don't want one more decision to make. So it's so so helpful to me when friends will say, I'm running to the grocery store today. Do you need me to pick up anything? And I can just leave it on your porch. You don't have to get dressed, put on any makeup. I'll just text you when I've left it on your porch and you can get it. Yeah. Wow. What a gift. Because often when we're in pain, even emotional or relational or spiritual pain, we don't have the energy to do some of those daily living skills. That's so true. So offering to help and not not asking me, what do I need? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just want the pain to go away. Yeah. You know, another friend, this was years ago, but another friend just said, I have to go to the school to pick up my kids anyway. How about I pick up your boys and I drop them off so you don't have to get dressed and go out? Mm-hmm. What yeah. a gift. And it really didn't cost her, but two or three extra minutes to swing by my house. But what it saved me was an hour getting ready and going out and sitting when I was hurting. So things like that can be very helpful to a friend who's in pain. And if a, if a friend is going through emotional or relational pain, grief, or loss, it can help just to have someone say, we share, we share about that person that you're missing. We share what that relationship means to you Mm -hmm. and and why it hurts so much that, that they're not at that same place because the pain sufferer needs a place to be open. Mm -hmm. So many of us have been hurt in our pain. Then -hmm. it makes us reluctant because we think, well, people either don't understand or they're tired of hearing about my pain. So for someone to say, I want to hear that was a gift. Yeah. That's so, so good. I'm thinking of so many things as you're, as you're sharing that Dr. Michelle, um, just even yesterday, we had our daughter over, um, with her boyfriend for dinner and she asked him, asked my husband to make Italian wedding soup. 
and uh, her boyfriend had never had it and we're Italian. And, but it, I do not believe that we've even had Italian wedding soup, much less made it since my father-in-law, my husband's father passed away a decade ago in our home unexpectedly. And on the stove was the Italian wedding soup he had made the night before. <clears throat> I'm still emotional talking about it. And we never ate that if we didn't, you know, and, and I didn't want to look at it. Now, my daughter didn't remember that connection. She knew that Poppy had made Italian wedding soup. In her mind, she's honoring the legacy of their family. And it did. But at the same time, you know, I complimented him at dinner. I took a picture and sent it to my mother-in-law. And then when they left, I said, that was really delicious. And I said, was that hard for you? Was that, you know, was that your recipe or your mom's or your dad's? And and we processed that a little bit. We can't go back. We can't, we can't have him here. We, we can make the decision never to make that soup again. I'm giving you just a, a simple little thing that's so fresh to me, or we can say, I'm going to not ignore that this may have had pain attached to it. This might've been painful relationally, emotionally missing him. Was this a way to honor him? Did you feel more connected? Did you feel, I don't ever want to do that again. And that's okay too. So I think just being aware that awareness you're talking about, we live such distracted lives, Dr. Michelle, and sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. Like you mentioned, Job's friends were good for a week. <laughs> like, I feel like we have a week in us. And then after a week, we're like, you're still sick. You're still hurting. That person's still gone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think at the holidays, it's, I'm, I'm thinking as you were sharing that about the, the experience last night, but even in the holidays, finding moments to lovingly you know, reach out to someone or even in there at the table, having a moment to remember someone who maybe isn't there this year, grief, loss, um, whether it's making a favorite dish that that person loved or dropping something off. So there's so many ways if we're on the other side of this, that we can be as loving, as Christ focused, as others minded as possible. So I appreciate those things, but I want to go back and flip the table now to the lens of us being the one in pain, because the word that you use here, Dr. Michelle on the cover is being overwhelmed and pain can be so overwhelming in every way. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm drained. I'm feel like a burden and it can be a million things. So I don't want to fill in all the blanks, but one of the things you talk about is lamenting. So instead of throwing these Bible band-aids, um, I've, I've loved recently studying a little bit more about lament. We know the Psalms are full of them, but I feel like sometimes we've had bad theology of, oh, you're lamenting. You're not just rejoicing. You're not just counting it all joy every minute that a trial has come your way. So these things are not in tension with one another. So oh. talk about lament, the power of it and the necessity of it, especially when we're walking through pain. I think where we get it wrong is that if we've not taken enough time to really appreciate that lament is a gift, we tend to think of lament as complaining. Hmm. And we know from the scriptures that God abhors complaining. Yeah. That he offers lament as a gift to us. Hmm. Complaining is rooted in pride. It's very self-focused. What I think I deserve hmm. from other people and from God. Mm. But lament 
is the permission that God gives us to come to him raw and real and to say, Lord, this really hurts. But I trust you with my pain because I know your character and I trust that you will do what only you can do in your perfect way and your perfect time. Mm -hmm. So God is not afraid of our difficult emotions. In fact, God would rather we have that dialogue with us. Right. But it's that fine line between complaining, like, Lord, why haven't you done this? Right. Well, that's okay. We have our questions. It is okay to question. You know, when you're on my podcast, we talk about, is it a sin to question God? Right. Well, I feel like when we come to God, it's like he's saying, well, finally, now we can have an open dialogue and let me show you more about the wonder of me that your infinite mind has trouble grasping. Mm. And that's what I love about the story of Job, because in the beginning, Job didn't question God. That's he didn't right. listen to his friends or his wife. Yeah. But finally, he got to that point where he said, God, I don't, I don't get it. And I wish you would just curse the day that I was born. Like, I don't like this. And through it all, years ago, I didn't like God's response because I I kind of felt years ago like God was slapping his hand saying, who are you to question me? But in reality, what God was saying is, son, you just don't understand the vastness. You don't understand what I'm doing. So Mm -hmm. let me show you more of me. So you get to the end of Job and then Job says, wow, basically, I thought I knew you before. Right. Now. I know you in a way that I couldn't have known you had I not gone through grief and suffering. And I think that's the gift God wants to give us. God didn't create us for pain and suffering. Right. It came from the enemy. But Jesus did warn us, you're not going to escape this life without trials, pain, or suffering. It's going to happen. But hold on to me because I've overcome the world. Mm. So we can hold joy you know, when scripture says count it all joy, right? I really think God's saying be joyful for cancer, be joyful that uh, you lost a child. But I think God's saying, but be joyful because of who I am right. in your suffering and that this world is not all there is. That's it. So That's we so- can hold the joy while also being very honest and saying, God, I really hurt. Yeah. And I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you through it. Mm, that's so, so crucial. And that's such crucial parts of how we started talking about holding on to faith in the middle of pain and suffering, because that's what we really want. That's the hope that you're offering. Dr. Michelle is you, you, you're going to go through some sort of pain in life. It might be relational. It might be physical. It might be emotional or mental, but we don't want to lose our faith. We don't want to lose sight of who God is, lose sight of the fact that this is not all there is. So it's just so important. Lament is important. Coming to God with our questions, knowing you have permission to do that. Not only do you have permission, he wants you to do that. He wants you to process your pain in his presence, not distant from him, angry at him, bitter at him, but moving toward him saying, Jesus, I don't understand this, but I know that you were a man of sorrows. You're familiar with grief and suffering. You're entering into my pain with me. 
And that changes the way that we look at it. So all of those are such so important. Talk about this title, the hem of his garment. I I have some framework around this being in Israel. I have a prayer shawl, a tallit downstairs with the fringe, but I want to hear you share why this matters so much to you. There's a story in the Bible that your listeners may or may not be familiar with, but it is a woman who suffered for 12 years. She had uncontrollable bleeding and different than in our modern culture where every woman has it and you just deal with it in private in that day and time, any woman who was bleeding was considered unclean and had to separate themselves from their community. It's like they were ostracized for being unclean. So because she bled for 12 years, it meant she lost her community. Right. And the reason why she's such a central focus in this book is when I was really breaking down all the different types of pain, the Lord showed me, but she went through all of it. As women, we could relate to some of the physical pain she might have experienced with bleeding that long. Right. But she also experienced emotional pain. Mm. Can you imagine the comments from other people? Can you imagine being ostracized and not even being able to provide for yourself then? There was relational pain from people saying you're unclean, get away from us. Right. And the rejection and the abandonment. From her family and friends, much less her community. We know she experienced financial pain because scripture tells us she spent all of her money on doctors and only got worse. Right. We know that there was probably secondary pain because everybody likes to tell you what pill, potion, or magic prayer you should pray to get rid of this physical ailment or people Mm -hmm. saying, if you only had enough faith, you would have been healed. Right. And she experienced grief and loss, not just from the grief of losing the community, but even over her hopes and dreams. She probably couldn't work. Right. So she couldn't even provide for herself. And then I have to wonder, maybe she also experienced the secondary pain from all of the comments from others, but what about spiritual pain? Spiritual pain comes when our pain causes us to question God, to wonder if we're being punished and that's why we're experiencing it. Has God abandoned us? Does he even see us? Does he care? Mm -hmm. And then that question of God, I know you can heal. God, I've read about you healing people in scripture. Right. Why haven't you healed me? And yet, despite all of those types of pain, she held on to her faith, went back into society Mm. and reached for the hem of his garment, knowing she would be healed. And the thing that I love about that is Angela, she didn't climb up his cloak. She didn't put her hands around his face and make him look at her and say, Jesus, you owe it to me to heal you. Right. She could just touch one fringe. Mm. It would be healed. Mm. And what I love about her story is that Jesus offered nine words back to her. So it had to be just a exchange, but he said, daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace. Mm. So he not only healed her physically, 
but he healed her emotionally. He healed her relationally. He healed her spiritually, Mm. financially. She could go make a living, but he gave her back her worth and her dignity. And he gave her a future and a hope when he said, go in peace. Yes. And I think that woman, that story is such a perfect example of how when we will surrender how and when we think God should Mm. come into our situation, Mm. he so often gives us more than we ever thought or imagined. Mm. She never, we never know her name. We just know her as the woman with the issue of blood or daughter. And yet her story, her testimony that she wouldn't have had had she not gone through suffering still reaches us today. Mm. And I guess that's, she's such encouragement for me that that's how I want to live my life. People may never know my name, but I want the testimony of God's goodness to live on for years Mm. and years. Wow. Wow. Dr. Michelle, so powerful. It is such a powerful book. Um, and I would say, get it right now for the holidays, gift it to someone. It's a stocking stuffer, put it under a tree, um, give it to someone, you know, is going through anything or just for yourself as a resource to not only work through your own pain. If you're feeling overwhelmed, um, feeling like all the things we're saying, questioning, maybe where is God? Why is he healed my friend and not me? Um, it's, it's just going to bless you. It's going to give you hope. That's what we need. We need hope in a very uncertain world. We need resources that infuse us with hope. And that's what Dr. Michelle does. And I, I close with one last question, Dr. Michelle, and I'm, it may be one of the two Bible characters that you've talked about today, but it might be someone different. But I always ask my guest, other than Jesus, who is that person in the Bible for you that has most inspired you to make your life matter the way that you do? It would have to be the woman with the issue of blood. Mm. Wow. Because her suffering was so great. And yet she held on to her faith, which can be a challenge when we are suffering. Yes. And she enacted her faith. She mm-hmm. didn't just continue to pray. And there is nothing wrong with that. But she actually put action to her faith, risked everything to go and touch Jesus's hand. Yes. And then as a result, we benefit from her testimony. Mm. And that's what I want my life to be. I don't want people to remember me for my pain. Although, isn't it interesting? We do remember about her pain, but I want them to remember the God who stepped in and walked with me while I was waiting for my healing. Yeah. So powerful, Dr. Michelle. Thank you for that. How can people get a copy of this and you have many other resources, your hope filled podcasts, um, so many different things that people can, can go on and, and check out. So, um, hope filled perspective. I'm, be, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the podcast, your resources, where would you like them to go? And I know you're going to pray for our listeners in just a moment, but share how people can get a hold of you and your resources, Dr. Michelle. The easiest way to find me, and I'm on all the socials, but nobody spells my last name right. So the easiest (laughs) way to find me is at drmichellebeef.com. And there you'll have access to years and years of professional and spiritual resources, the podcast, all the books, as well as daily encouragement. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a gift. We we talked about the gift of lament, the gift of community, but you've been not only a gift in my life, but a gift to our listeners today. And I know this is going to be handles that so many of us can hold on to 
especially here in the holiday season. So go back and listen if you need to again. If you need to shut the door behind you, if it's getting a little bit harried in these next few weeks, remember that God is with you. Uh, Remember that we can make our lives matter, even in seasons of pain and suffering. Let's not let anything be wasted. The Lord wastes nothing that we go through. And so instead of pulling back and retreating from him, we learned this lesson today of reaching for him, processing with him. That's a big difference in isolating and, and imagine how isolated she felt after 12 years. So the bravery it took for her to step back out, if I could just get to him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, things are going to look different for me. His presence changes everything. His presence is the antidote for our pain. Even if our pain doesn't go away, his presence is always there. We can access his presence anytime. So Dr. Michelle, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And wonder if you would just close our time praying for our listeners, especially for those who may be walking through a season of pain and suffering. I would be honored to. Father God, I just thank you for each listener that you've brought to this conversation. And Lord, the exciting thing when we have conversations like this is we never know who needs to hear it, but you do. So thank you for bringing them to hear a word of hope and encouragement from you through the stories that you give us in your word. And Lord, I know that so many people are suffering with pain. And what I know to be true is you've either just come out of it or you are preparing to go into it, or you're walking alongside someone who is in pain because Jesus told us to expect it. But Father, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are good, even when our circumstances are not good. I thank you that your plans and purposes for us are perfect. So, Father, pray for the one who is in pain to be willing to come to you vulnerably and say it hurts and to look to you in your perfect timing and your perfect plan. Lord, I also know that sometimes you allow pain into our lives to teach us more about your character. So would you continue to do that? Would you not only not waste our pain, but would you use it for our good and for your glory? It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.